It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's time for our early off-season conversation series with Joe Goodberry. Today, we're going to start with the big Bengals free agent decisions. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans, and welcome for to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're joined today for the first of a multi-episode series with Joe Goodberry to talk about a variety of Cincinnati Bengals off-season targets topics, starting today with T. Higgins and some of the other big decisions the Bengals have to make about their approach to free agency, some of their own guys, certainly part of that conversation. Today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn, who helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. Terms and conditions apply. And guys, let's start the conversation with T. Higgins. A question that is often asked by Bengals fans over the last two years is, can the Bengals afford to pay T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase? The answer to that question has always been Yes. The follow-up question is, should the Bengals pay T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase long-term? And Joe, you just did a whole episode of Bengals on the Brain sponsored by First Star Logistics. You can find over on YouTube about this. And that's why I'm framing the conversation initially this way. There's so many different angles that you can discuss with this T. Higgins decision. What do you think the most important question is when discussing the future for the Bengals and T. Higgins? Should they do it? Uh, you know, because you framed it as can they and they can. Should they do it is the big part of the conversation. And it pulls at both sides of you, your heartstrings, and then your, well, you know, how, how much room is left if you pay and spend 35 to 40% of your cap on three players. And they're three good players and they're pillar players in this offense and in the run they just made the last few years. But yeah, you have to wonder if that's the best way to allocate resources and We've seen wide receiver trades the last few years. The amount of return that they, these other teams have gotten, if the Bengals can get something similar, that could be a, a huge boost to this offense for the next few years. So you have to wonder, are they getting value at T. Higgins at 20-plus million, you know, wherever the cap number may be, 21, 22, or even an extension past that? Uh, or would it be better for this team long-term to use those resources and reinvest? Yeah, it's... It's such a dilemma. It's the biggest offseason question. And I think there, there's a couple of ways to look at it. I, I I do wonder, does like four years, 90 million get it done? It's less than A.J. Brown, but I don't think he's A.J. Brown, even though he's close. So let's just use that example, and we'll just do three buckets, Joe. Four years, 90 million, extension for T, and I know the guaranteed money matters a ton, but let's just use those numbers for now. 21.7 million, roughly, for the franchise tag. Or and you keep him and play out the 2024 season with him on the roster or franchise tag 
trade him to, in, let's just use Carolina as the example, because Bryce Young's throwing to me right now and they need receivers. Um, that's a shot at uh, the Adam, Adam, Thielen. Oh, Adam Thielen. There we go. I couldn't think of his name. Sorry, Adam. Uh, we're the same age. Uh, <laughs> or trade him to Carolina for the 33rd overall pick. Tag him, trade him, and now you have a, an extra pick in this year's draft. Yeah, it feels like the best option would be to facilitate that trade and figure out, you know, the best value you can get for T Higgins, use that 33rd pick. And I, I here's the other part too. The Bengals will draft a receiver if that were the case. Like you what would the odds be if they lose T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, if Vegas put numbers on the Bengals drafting a, a first round or second round spending one of those first three picks on a wide receiver, it'd be extremely high. So they would replace and they've been a good and aggressive drafting wide receiver team. So I would have confidence that they'd be able to fill that role somewhat. Uh, but yes, I think the other hard part of this is if you tag him and cannot trade him, or if the Bengals overvalue him for what other teams, like if they say, no, we want a first round pick and we're going to be sticklers about it, which that sounds like the Bengals and the Panthers are like, hey, we've got the 33rd pick. This is almost as good as you're going to get. And they say, no, we want a first. We think he's worth this, yada, yada, yada. And they don't get it done. And it's a situation where Higgins isn't there for camp, right? We just had this with, Jesse Bates. And then he shows up, he's ready for week one and you're just plugging him into this offense and he and Burrow aren't on the same page or it's not ready to go. It's not ready to happen. It's a, it's a rough and rocky year for a guy you're paying $22 million to that could hurt your offense in more ways. So, and I, and he seems like a good dude where he's going to show up and he's going to do his thing when he gets there, but there are still ramifications for doing that. So I think it is a fine line with those two options. And then we talked about, uh, you know, just allocating that many resources. If that contract worked for T and his side, you're, you know, four years, 90 million. Does that work in saying now we can't pay Kappa and Karras or Kappa and Karras type players when you need two more starting offensive linemen? You already need a starting right tackle this offseason. Go a year later, now you need a maybe a left guard. Maybe you need a center. Uh, maybe you need another defensive tackle. Whatever the positions are, you're going to now have less parts of the pie to give out to those spots. I think a big part of the conversation as well that we haven't mentioned yet that needs to be discussed is C. Higgins has had, unfortunately, durability issues. Every season, there has been an injury that's caused him to miss time. His rookie year, he just didn't get onto the field in time. He played 16 games that year. So rookie year, okay, fine. Did have the nagging hamstring that that kind of was around in the offseason process for him, in the draft prep process for him. But in 2021, according to Over the Cat, played about 65% of the team snaps. 2022 played a career high 68 percent of the Bengals offensive snaps into 2023 played 53 percent of the Bengals offensive snaps so say this is a player that when he's fully healthy is worth 28 million dollars a year you don't discount to 68 percent or 52 percent or whatever 63 percent if you take the average of what he's worth when he's healthy because if you Look at the over-the-cap valuation tool. When T. Higgins is healthy and having good weeks, they put those weeks on a yearly value of 22 to $25.5 million. But then you miss a bunch of time. And you have weeks that are not that valuable because that's the nature of the NFL, unless you're Justin Jefferson. They're, they're down weeks. And even Justin Jefferson had down weeks. So how do you figure out what that number is if you're the Bengals? And even if you figure out what that number is, decide if that's actually a good contract. That's what's really hard when there's a history of soft tissue injuries. And if your T's 
side or T's agent, why would you agree to anything that may be put in provisions of uh, per game active roster bonuses or anything to safeguard the Bengals in any way? Because you wouldn't have to worry about. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to worry about that if you reach free agency, right? Like the Jaguars would throw crazy money at you. The Jets, the, the Panthers, name the teams that spend in free agency. They won't worry about that. They'll spend now and figure it out later where the Bengals rightfully, if they ask for those things, it would make sense on our end to say like, hey, just in case you miss time, we should recoup some of this money because it's a huge asset. It's a huge portion of the pie you'd be giving the both receivers because Jamar Chase will also likely be extended this offseason. So, Joe, just from strictly a, an extension standpoint, given the, the durability, given what team means, given the position, given how well the Bengals draft there, would you try to extend him at the inevitable numbers that it would take to to sign him? Or do you think tagging and, and trading is the best route? Like what, what would you do if the Bengals call you tomorrow and Duke Tobin says, we're going to follow your lead here? I would suggest to tag and trade and find and get whatever resources and draft picks you could possibly get out of it. If that is even a second and maybe they throw in a fifth rounder from the Panthers, you know, 33 and then a fifth rounder, fine. Um, whatever I can maximize out of it. I, the hard part is I've always preached that when you draft these guys and you develop them and they become everything you hoped they would be, and you would say that about T. Higgins, it's hard to let those guys walk. And you, you shouldn't let those guys walk. These are good players, uh, the Jesse Bates a year ago, uh, Kevin Zeitler, you know, a handful of years that are, he's still playing and still very good. And it takes you years to replace these guys because you miss a draft pick or you think you John Miller can play right guard or you think Brandon LaFell can be the receiver that, to replace uh, Muhammad Sanu and Marvin Jones. Like it doesn't always work. The replacement isn't always better than the option of just paying the guy. And then we look, we, you lift your head two years later and all oh, that contract's not so bad because 10 other receivers have been paid afterwards. And 20, I think it was 27 receivers had 1000 yard seasons this past year, the most ever. I mean, these guys are going to all get paid, but it also means that it's probably easier to find a 1000 yard receiver than ever before. They're coming out of college every year. We're like, man, another crazy good wide receiver class. The value there is probably whew, as cheap as it's ever been at the receiver position. You probably shouldn't pay a number two. More to talk about with the T. Higgins decision and the various directions the Bengals could go, not only with T. Higgins, but with other free agents as well. And we'll continue those topics with Joe coming up next. This episode of Locked On Bengals is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What is the one move I can make to take my business to the next level? in 2024 and you know the Bengals are asking the same question linkedin jobs knows that your success depends on the team you surround yourself with and that's why they have tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free it's not just another job board we've talked to you about this before linkedin has a vast network of more than a billion with a b professionals which makes it the best place to hire it's easy when you have access to that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of posting their job. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is rated number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors by small businesses. And it's intuitive, quick, and easy if you don't have a whole lot of time to dedicate to the process. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by Schultz Jewelers. Schultz Jewelers is 
the place that you need to go right now for the perfect jewelry. Maybe you're looking for that perfect engagement ring for her, or maybe it's simple. Valentine's Day is coming up. You want to get the right pair of earrings. You want to get the right bracelet. Maybe you don't have any idea of what you need, what you want. Matt and his team at Schultz Jewelers, they've been in this business for 70 plus years. They are diehard Bengals fans, by the way. So shout out to them for that. And they're going to find the right piece for you. Whether it's a custom piece, they will ensure that your vision gets brought to life in that scenario. Or maybe it's a lab-grown diamond that will make her smile without hurting your wallet. Schultz Jewelers is the place you need to go to. And right now, you can check them out at 2202 Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell, just five minutes from the bridge into Kentucky, or just go online at SchultzDiamonds.com. That's S-E-H-U-L-Z Diamonds.com. We know the Bengals strive for perfection. Schultz Jewelers does too, because when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz Jewelers. All right, Joe, let's uh, continue with the offseason discussion and in the Bengals approach. We know how you feel about T Higgins, but he's not the only guy. And let's just stick with the offense now because Jonah Williams, a guy who a lot of people wanted to trade last off season, stays healthy, plays every snap is on the field. The entire time at right tackle is set to be one of the top, maybe the top offensive lineman in free agency. Do you think the Bengals have a chance of retaining him? Or do you just assume that he's out the, out the door? I am assuming he's out the door. And if I sounded negative about the prospects of keeping T Higgins, I'm even less uh, uh, keen on the idea of extending or finding common ground with Jonah Williams. And I like Jonah Williams. And I think he's been maybe wrongfully hated on a little bit too much. Uh, He's a solid starting tackle. And what that means is he's going to get paid a big chunk of money in free agency. And in fact, it's not worth it for the Bengals to even chase it because I think they need to elevate and raise the roof of this offensive line. They need to get better there somehow. And really the only answer there is you find a value-free agent, number one, and maybe that's a guy like Jermaine Illuminor or Trent Brown or Michael and one you can play that position. Or it's we spend a first or second round pick and we strike gold and the guy's making $4 million a year and he's a good starting right tackle by year two. And now we've we've saved money and yet elevated the overall talent on the offensive line. I think keeping Jonah at $16 million a year, if it even gets higher, uh, is a negative value overall because you're, you're, you're paying a, a, a premium for average. And I think the Bengals need to avoid that as much as possible moving forward. Cause it's now you're in a different time when you pay Joe Burrow and the cap hits start coming, you've got to maximize the value at the other 52 roster spots as much as possible. And yeah, you got to overpay for some guys. You got to overpay maybe a little bit for Orlando Brown, even though that was a very uh, favorable contract. It's 16th highest cap hit for tackles, but then you're going to overpay a little bit for Jamar Chase first couple of years. Those are, those are accepted. There is another chunk of this roster that you cannot afford to overspend on. It's a value proposition. Mm -hmm. It's spending on average. Like you said, it's something that we're going to talk about in this series, not necessarily get into depth on today, but I like that you allude to that point. There are a few things that have come up. If you're paying close attention that you're going to hear come up in some of the later topics that, that we discuss. But I I do think that that makes sense for Jonah Williams. But at the same time, you mentioned Jermaine Illuminor. I don't think you can get to a point in the draft where it's draft pick or bust. You don't want to be in that situation ever. And it's a a position the Bengals have mostly avoided by trying to draft into the future But when they try to draft into the future, those guys they've drafted to be the successor starters have almost never been ready. 
to play at the level of the player they're replacing. So that's another topic that perhaps we need to get to. But when you look at the Bengals' list of free agents, Joe, the Tyler Boys, Shadobia Wuziers, DJ Reader, those are the other big-name guys, the guys that are playing huge roles for this team, the guys that are starting level roles for this team. Do any of them look like guys that you would prioritize bringing back? Yeah, it would have to be DJ Reader. And given his age and injury history as well, he's played even less snaps than T. Higgins over his four years. I think it was at 43% of the defensive snaps. Number one, because he's a nose tackle, he's not going to be out there for 100% of the snaps ever. Maybe they cap for that position 65% of the snaps, even if you were fully healthy. Uh, But still, it means he has dealt with injuries. And uh, can the Bengals afford to have a guy again that if he gives you half the season at a premium pay and then misses the other half, that's a, that's a negative value on the roster and your cap uh, limits. So it makes sense with his age also that the Bengals just may not be able to find common ground unless he goes out there and there's nothing there for DJ Reader. And, and those same concerns are felt around the league. And uh, he comes back and rehabs and finishes what he started. Maybe it's a one or two year deal and the Bengals get him at a value uh, contract. Otherwise, I see Awuzie and Boyd as opportunities to upgrade, especially Boyd. I think this conversation probably applies to him most. Uh, he's been a good player for the Bengals, a very good slot receiver. He's done. Ex- he's been exactly what the pre-draft scouting report said he would be. He was that and even more for his character and leadership. But this team needs to get faster. They need to get more explosive. They need to get better after the catch. They need to get more versatile. I think one of the issues that really they've struggled with lately and maybe even has capped Jamar Chase's uh, statistical production is that Tyler Boyd has to be in the slot to be good. And when you get him out of there and maybe you can move Chase more into the slot, maybe you can get Charlie Jones a little bit more speed. Maybe you can mix things up just a little bit more with, and we saw it the last few weeks when they started rotating Charlie Jones in more speed slot options, just in his routes with the jet motions pre-snap. You saw how differently the vision is with a guy that's just a little bit faster. Again, not trying to knock Tyler, but the opportunity to get different, and the opportunity to get better because you're different and more versatile is there at that position. And I am desperately, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see how the Bengals attack that. If they do it all, even if if it's just Charlie Jones, fine. But I'll, I, I think there is room there for say like, okay, this tight end can do this. This running back can go and split out wide. You can get another outside receiver and move Chase inside. I think there's a lot of options, a lot of meat on the bone there. We definitely have to discuss running back coming up. You, you mentioned DJ Reader, and and I think one, it's DJ Reader, but it's that entire room that's that's up. Josh Chupo is a free agent. J. Tufele is not a, a big part of it, but um, certainly someone that that's scheduled to hit free agency as well. Do you think it's going to be BJ Hill and a bunch of new faces, essentially outside of Zach Carter, who's obviously going into year three? And can we punt Zach Tar- Zach Carter to the moon? Also, like I don't want to see him playing anymore. I'll be honest. Is that a is that not a if you're Brad day? Robbins? Brad Robbins is shanking. <laughs> Let Brad Robbins punt Zach Carter. This might be your best offseason content right here. Who can Brad Robbins yards. punt off the roster? Um, no one. But, <laughs> no, he doesn't have the leg. Uh, by the way, small correction: we got this wrong. I got this wrong the other day. J. Two Felly is actually under contract for 2024. Oh. Wow, great. Well, that doesn't mean he's going to be on the roster, right? Just, just. He, I, I got that wrong the other day too. So he should correct. be he should be on the the man. Will he make the roster as we discuss camp? Yes, I think it's fair to say. 
So they need a nose tackle, and if it's not Reader, they they definitely need one. And then they they still, even when Reader was there throughout the year, it's like they don't have an interior pass rusher. They don't have a penetrator at three tech, a guy that can really cause havoc and make plays behind the line of scrimmage. I looked at tackles for a loss for the Bengals this year, all-time low for them in the last 10 years. Like, obviously from Geno Atkins, when he used to get 15 tackles for a loss, it was amazing. But mm-hmm. then Larry Ogunjobi, I want to say, had 11. And, and I think this year their defensive tackle room had less than 10 total. I think it was at nine. So they're not penetrating. They're not getting back there. You're not getting those, you know, negative two, negative three yard runs that I think really help. We see penalties and and sacks, what they do on first and second down to create advantageous third downs. The Bengals didn't have a lot of those this year because they were poor against the run, but because also they weren't getting a lot of tackles for a loss. So I think not just a nose tackle, but a D tackle as well. You can need two guys in this room. You can make an argument that three guys should probably be added to this. And maybe that's a solid B-level free agent D-tackle, potentially a first-round D-tackle, second-round, third-round D-tackle, and then maybe a vet value guy later. The Bengals haven't drafted a defensive tackle in the first round since 1994, for those wondering. Both of you guys were older than me. I was just three then, so we'll see if they do that. But I mentioned running back. Let's discuss running back coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That means with the NFL playoffs in full swing, there's not a better time to get to FanDuel, America's number one sports book, and take advantage of this offer. And maybe you're a big NBA fan like me and it's not just the NFL. That's fine. Wager on the NBA. They're going to have the right parlays, different prop bets that you can wager on, money lines, anything in between that you could think of. FanDuel is going to have it for you. And Again, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a one, two, three, four, five dollar bet. Five dollars, turn that into $150 in bonus bets right now by going to fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, that is fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. This episode of Locked On Bengals is sponsored by Jace Medical. We come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of life. But for a second, we're going to talk about preparing for those realities of life. Pharmacies are running low on antibiotics this season, according to the FDA. And if you want to be prepared and avoid having long drives or potentially not being able to access antibiotics that you need, such as amoxicillin, well, Jace Medical will have you covered and can get by the supply chain issues that might be affecting those pharmacies. So Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial infections, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. And any of those things can come up at any time. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and then your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use code Locked on to get $20 off your order. Can't go more than an episode on the Locked On Bengals podcast without discussing running backs this week. I think this is three in a row. Should Monday. we not? It can't be three in a row. No. Should we not? No, I mean, we, we, we should. I think that it's not necessarily a free agent conversation, but we can talk running back in terms of how it fits into priorities. And in, and in that sense, it is a free agent conversation, but not an internal free agent conversation, which is where oh, we have is. Oh, it is. We, we, we have been talking internal free agents. You want to talk about Travion Williams? No, let's talk about Joe Mixon do $3 million on March 16th. Joe, yeah, would you, not a free would you pay agent, him or not? But It's the same thing, though. 
It's a decision. Yeah. Joe? I, don't, I don't think it is a decision. I, when the it's, <laughs> when the restructure happened from the source that um, at that time, it I was it was first relayed to me that this will be a one year. This will be his last year in Cincinnati. And then the information came out that it's actually two. And then when you look at it, you're like, oh, because they can save a decent chunk uh, in 2024. And he's got that roster bonus. I think that person was reading the tea leaves and was saying like, yeah, he'll never see that March 3rd bonus, whenever that is. Uh, so I have been projecting that they're going to release Joe Mixon. I know that gets the comments going every time, you know, people, he had a productive season for what he was given in the situation. And I would hope most guys that get 300 touches can pull in that amount of yardage. So it's not, again, I don't want to knock the guy too bad because he stayed healthy. He didn't fumble the ball. Those are great qualities to have, but I do think like Tyler Boyd, the Bengals are going to look at this opportunity to become more versatile, to come deeper and to have, maybe some more explosive plays at that position. And I, I think that includes free agency and potentially the draft as well. The interesting thing with Mixon is that from a cap perspective, it, it's more of a cap issue than a cash issue for Mixon. And this is the scenario that I've talked about on this podcast before where the front office could look at it and say, you know what? We only have to pay him $5 million, five and a half million dollars right. cash this year, but it's an eight and a half million dollar cap. Hit. So I think if, I think that could be a true cap, casualty kind of decision for mix and if his cap number was the same as his cash number this year five and a half million whatever it is i think the bengals would be totally fine with that seeing what they saw from chase brown later in the year seeing joe mixon's increased efficiency when they were splitting carries a little bit more but one thing you and i have talked about joe and one thing that we've talked about you know over the last couple of years is trying to find a back somebody that i kept talking about in yesterday's episode that can block that can catch that has a little bit of explosion to his game i keep coming back to antonio gibson for free agents this this mm. class is is it's a top heavy free agent class hard to convince yourself that the bengals are going to go spend on a top level free agent running back and it's a bad draft class and and the depth at running back there's some guys out there but none of them really check all three of those boxes that's why I always end up coming back to Samaje Piran too, because even though there's not explosion there, at least he can do those things. And it's not a tip like Travion Williams is a tip that the Bengals are passing the ball and Travion Williams is on the field. At least you get a guy baseline that can do all three things and isn't tipping your hand. But what are you looking for? Or, or are there realistic targets, I guess, this offseason that you think could do those things when your only other guy, if they do move on from Joe Mixon, is... Chase Brown, who you saw a handful of carries from late in the year. Yeah, and I think they walked into this season with a very poor depth chart at running back. You know, Travion Williams, uh, he probably wouldn't be on another roster, right? Maybe as a fourth guy somewhere else. But the Bengals at times were using him as a number two because they had no other options. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Evans gets the first carry of the season. We never see him again. That was it for him. You know, so it's like it's it's such a bad situation. We talked about defensive tackle. could be three new guys. I wouldn't be surprised if the entire depth chart other than Chase Brown was completely different at running back. And I think that largely comes from having the opportunity to get value at that position where if it's a last year, Devin Singletary, we talked about him plenty of times, like as a guy that could just do it all. Yeah. He's not a four, three, not a four, four, probably four, six, five guy, but he still made guys miss. And he's, you didn't have to take him off the field in certain situations. Having, more guys like that on this roster where I don't have to give Mixon 300 carries or touches would be ideal. I'm excited for the opportunity for a running back by committee. If that's an A.J. Brown paired with 
Chase Brown or an Antonio Gibson paired with Chase Brown in a fourth round pick or a Clyde Edwards Alaire and a third round pick and Chase Brown, like three guys that, hey, they're all different skill sets. They all do different things differently. And we're just going to mix them around and go with it. Like, let's stop pigeonholing these yeah. guys into one spot and saying Trayvon Williams pass protects Joe Mixon's runs and Chase Brown catches screens. Like, stop that. Let's just get three guys that can play and use them. You can't have guys that are so one-dimensional. You said A.J. Brown just want to make sure. You you meant A.J. Dillon, I believe. I did. Yeah. Hey, let's put A.J. Brown at running back, though. He's very disgruntled right now. Yeah. But, yes, A.J. Dillon. <laughs> I'm in. A.J. Brown. You heard it here first. Um, quickly, before we get out of here, tight end, obviously – there's nobody in that room. That is free agency. <laughs> They're all free agents to be. Uh, yeah, they are. So what do you do? Who do you bring back uh, of the current guys? And why is it Irv Smith Jr.? <laughs> yeah, he will. Go, he'll find a job <laughs> somewhere. But you caught me off guard with that one. Tanner Hudson and Drew Sample. Sure, I'm, I'm bringing both them back. And neither yeah. should be overly expensive. I think uh, there's two guys with concrete roles that don't intertwine or intersect at all. So you kind of have to be careful with who you add to that room. They still need a tight end one. I think Hudson did his thing and, and overshot expectations despite what we saw in the summer and said, hey, this guy's probably the best receiving tight end. He was that. It took them six weeks to figure that out. But, um, yeah, I do think they need a tight end still. They have a lot of options to go there. And it's supposedly a weak tight end draft class. So do you attack it in free agency and not wait until the draft so that you can be bypassed by all these other teams taking tight ends again? I think they get a little more aggressive this year in free agency and, and go for it and fill it that way. One of the topics to discuss, and obviously we're not very deep into this draft class yet, but if you listen to our episode with Mike Renner last Friday or Thursday, the just from him, and he's got an article actually on the Messenger ranking the, the positions in the draft class, tight end, running back, bottom. Not good. And so one of the things that we have to talk about when we talk about, is this an opportunity for the Bengals to change their personnel philosophy or how should they allocate their resources, which is what we're going to do in tomorrow's episode. One of the factors there is where are the strengths and weaknesses in this draft class and, and free agency class? Cause also kind of thin at tight end and free agency. And, and how does that push the Bengals approach? this offseason like i said we'll get to some of those conversations with joe coming up in tomorrow's episode so make sure you come back for the next couple where we're talking more offseason topics with joe goodbury here on the locked on bengals podcast until then thanks for listening who day and have a good one if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 